Hi, I'm Peter Anthony. And I'm Steve Angel. You're listening to Men With Spirit. Join us as we explore what it means to be a modern man and to live a spirited life. G'day and welcome to this 22nd episode of Men With Spirit at Radio Karam. This is a show where we encourage men to get out of their heads and more into their hearts and to be more authentically connected with themselves and with others. Hi, I'm Peter Anthony and I'm here with my co-host Steve Angel who's going to tell us about this week's topic love and pain and the whole de- uh, whole death thing how did that come how did we end up with this uh, some would say a somewhat somber topic yes peter well look if people remember our last live show which was a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. we had andrew adams on the show and he was mentioning choosing his own mu- music for his funeral and um and how he'd like to be remembered after his passing. So we knew exactly who we wanted to invite on this week's show, and we'll introduce that person very shortly. Um, Good. Yeah, how are you, Peter? Oh, I was going to ask you, how are you? Uh, well, well uh, who wants to go first? Okay, oh, okay. I'll, I'll answer your question. Okay, you do that. Um, physically, I've been feeling a bit depleted, and I, and I had a short break for a, a few days in Gippsland last week, which was great. Um, but in terms of emotionally, I've been a bit reflective and a bit somber I think perhaps thinking about this and music and all this sort of thing and so I'd have to say I've been a bit somber um, how are we going to get you out of that oh, somberness I, I, this is Leone is a, a barrel of laughs so I'm, uh, I'm sure we'll be fine uh, we've had our uh, usual member spirit meetings in Frankston Lee and Gather and Meenion mm. and I did another obviously participate in another men's workshop uh, this last weekend so all around the last couple of weeks has been fairly busy what about you mate how have you been feeling and what's you've had a very busy time and i gather today you even went to a funeral which i thought was very well coordinated <laughs> well coordinated if only we had planned it which we didn't no i did uh, i went to the um, service of a very beautiful woman that my wife and i both know her name is margaret jordan she was 93 and she was our neighbor for several years Probably mm, almost close to eight years, I'd say. And um, and she just, it was a wonderful service because I just got reminded just how important the legacy we leave in terms of the way we make people feel. And that really just comes down to how well we love and we give and we share of our energy. Everything else doesn't matter. And mm. that was a really good reminder today. And um, yeah, she was just a beautiful woman. Always smiling, always loving to tell a joke. She always loved to tell a story as well. Knew how to really hold a crowd. So I really was uh, grateful that we had the opportunity to um, to be part of the service. And um, yeah, and, and how's that? And today we have Leone who's so, going to talk about it. All. So how are, how are you feeling now as a consequence of all that? I am uh, look reflective. I'm I'm sad. There's still mm-hmm. there's a sadness there as well, but I'm also. Um, I'm determined and committed to make some changes in my own life after sort of, you know, watching the photo montage today of Margaret and listening to the stories and just thinking to myself, there's there's more that I can give. I think we can all do that. But for me personally, there's more to give. And that's what I'm committed to doing. Good on you. Excellent. So it's interesting how to, out of um, um, unfortunate circumstances, some good can come. 
absolutely and, and changes absolutely which i think it's one of the real messages from um, funerals yes if, if you take them the right way anyhow for today's uh, topic love and pain and the whole death thing we've invited an expert in the field to join us spiritual funeral celebrant leonie adams leonie welcome to the show thank you peter thank you steve it's great to be with you i don't know about calling me an expert because (laughs) um the older i get the more i realize i don't know very much at all but perhaps i'm good at doing a few things let's put it that way i think you're i think you're you're good at doing what you you say you do which is a funeral (laughs) celebrant i'm going to say that that is why you're You're, an expert you're uh, you're a very modest. Uh, when I was talking to you the other day, we were just saying, well, how long have you actually been doing this, Leonie? Mm-hmm. And you, uh, you shared, what was it, 25 years? 25 and I said, years, Well, yes. a lot of people have been celebrants all that time, but how many actual funerals? Because you do this sort of work uh, full-time, don't full-time, you? Full-time, yes. And you reckon over that period of time, you reckon how many you've done so far? Well, I think I probably notched up about 2,500 funerals mm-hmm. and memorial services and, you know, yeah, little ceremonies at christmas and uh special times for people mm-hmm. yeah good, good. Yeah. that's uh, I'd, I'd classify that as being an expert yeah, so, yeah. You've got about <laughs> good i've met a lot of people over me, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah i'm sure you have yeah and um you're uh in one respect you're a local for, uh, for the Karam area because you you've lived in a number of places over the years but yes. you have some very fond memories of, Ka- of Karam. Karam do you want to tell us about yes don't ask me to remember what years I lived here <laughs> um, but for a while uh, I was fortunate to be um, renting a beautiful home on Karam Beach mm-hmm. so and it was a very happy time in my life and watching you know the birds diving in and sunrises and sunsets they're absolutely magnificent on Karen Beach yeah and, it's a lovely area isn't and it? I had some little dogs at the time and yeah made some lovely friends in the area so it's lovely to be here even if for an only for an afternoon hmm. yeah and you, uh, these days, you, you made the decision to move out of town a little bit. So yes. Well, I sort of was living in um, Carrum and then Bond Beach, then Frankston, then Mount Eliza, then Rosebud, and I was nearly off the end of the peninsula so by now. <laughs> so it was either going to be Sorrento or Portsea or, or somewhere that's else. That's right, that's right. So I've done the tree change thing this uh, time, and, uh, and now I'm a resident in Trelgan, which okay. is about two hours from here. Yeah. And you're still spending a fair bit of time up here, though, aren't yes. you? Yes, well, because I've made so many contacts here uh, over the years with funeral directors and with families, I often get called back yeah. to here and the peninsula and... Yeah, and the the city of Kingston area generally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can understand that. I think once you've done a service for someone and it really touches them and they think, well, if anyone's going to do my funeral, it's, it's that woman. Yes, yeah. yes. I've been told about um, a gentleman who had my card in his breast pocket of his best suit for years and years. That was when I was living in Hobart. Yeah. And uh, it was about 20 years ago, and I got a call from his daughter. We found your card in my father's suit. Are you still doing funerals? You know? <laughs> I said, yes, but unfortunately I'm not in Hobart anymore. So that yeah. was fun. Yeah, lovely. Well, he obviously really remembered he you. He did He's remember by me. Your yes, yeah. absolutely. I'm very touched when people do ask me to return for another family member. I think that's the highest form of praise. They feel that I did a good job. You yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so why do people have funerals? Because I gather people 
some people don't. Well, you don't have to have a funeral, no, and you don't have to have a celebrant or clergy. Anybody can conduct a funeral. Uh, but I always feel it's good to have a captain of the ship on the day. People don't like public speaking. There's that funny joke. Was it Jerry Seinfeld did the joke? If you, uh, Most people, there's two things people are afraid of in life, public speaking and death. So <laughs> that means at a funeral, people would rather be in the coffin than standing at the podium. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we feel it's the right thing to do. To have a funeral. It's honouring that the person was here on this planet with us, walking beside us, part of our journey. That person may not have always been liked very much, but I always say they were somebody's daughter or son. Or, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think it's a tradition that is important because it's a pretty um, awful society if we don't honour our dead, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And I'm getting a sense that often people aren't doing funerals these days for financial reasons. Uh, yes. You know, when you add up all the costs of... Costs involved. and things. Mm. Yes, that's true. A lot of people are just uh, what they call direct cremation. So people are just taken off to the crematorium, cremated, and a family might have a, a dinner together down the track mm. and say cheers to that person. I mm. think they're missing out, though. Yeah, yeah. So what, when you do a ceremony, what sort of um, uh, reaction do you typically get from the people involved? Like what benefit do they get from it? Um, yeah, uh, well, I aim in that hour, well, I usually spend an hour and a half, two hours with families when I first meet them. And I'm always so amazed that they let me into their home, this perfect stranger, they tell me their secrets. Um, they trust me to get them through on the day uh, and in their sorrow and at a very vulnerable time in their life. And people want to be understood. Mm. So uh, I feel over the years with the skills I've gathered that I'm able to just be at home. I, I've, I've sat around big tables with very wealthy families. I've sat on the edge of a stool in a hoarder's home, you know. Um, Yes, I've seen lots of different sides of life. And in the uh, the funeral itself, in that hour I have with people, I'm hoping that they have... I've created a space where people can reflect Mm -hmm. and think about how they would like to be remembered... And, uh, yeah, and if they can't, if that doesn't happen for them, at least to feel connected to one another in some way, you know, that's that's what I am. And what are they wanting from you in that moment? You're more than just a, a celebrant who's going to officiate over the, the, you know, the service. What do you think they're really looking for from you? Um from me well first of all i think when people come to a funeral they're always hoping well a lot of people are going I hope this is over and done with quickly so i can get out and have a drink or a cigarette or something you know that's a lot of people's attitude to funerals but they feel it's the right thing to go there so i think if people are coming in and they've sort of said all right we're here for mary's family today i think they look to the person up the front with some hope 
Mm-hmm. I feel that's why people come. Is she going to say something that will give meaning to this horrible topic of death and dying and, you know? Um, so I think that's one of the things that they look for. Or I think people often come with no expectations. They just think it's something they have to get through mm-hmm. and come out the other side of. But a funeral's a great success for me if I've got everybody crying. That's <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel right. People are feeling in feeling. this room. That's right. Yeah, yes. and uh, people say to me, "How can you do this work?" You know, it's sad. It's morbid. It's you know, how can you be around death and dying all the time? But that's not all I see, because I see. Uh, different sides of life i hear amazing stories Mm. you know um i see culture i see tradition i see people's values i see you know i don't often see the truth being told mind you (laughs) of the irish say the truth only comes out of the wake don't they but Mm. uh yeah i i i'm very appreciative of the work that i do i feel it's an honor to be part of people's lives at that moment. And we have a very intense relationship from Mm. the moment I meet them Mm. in their home or at the funeral chapel to when the service is conducted. Then we say goodbye to each other. We might talk on the phone a little bit later or meet again down the track when someone else in their family dies. But it's an intense relationship for that week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So So what draws you to this work, Leonie? Yeah, um, I think what I've said really that I, I think a big part of me, the main part of me is that I'm interested in all things spiritual. I I believe in a force greater than my little self, you mm-hmm. know, and there's a spirit world and this journey on earth is just part of my life mm-hmm. and and I, I want to share that with others. I'm hoping that people will have a spiritual experience in the sense of being in touch with who they are as mm-hmm. a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, the reason that they're here to think about, oh, well, what, why am I on the planet? Mm-hmm. You know, what's, is there a purpose to my being here? Where am I going after this? You know, yeah. Good really powerful things and if you can encourage people to think and reflect on that i think that's uh, a rare gift yeah Mm. um i always think too with a funeral a funeral's a great success for me if we have brought the essence of that departed person into the room Mm -hmm. so lots of beautiful live music you know if they're an artist let's bring their artwork into the room what was their favorite color you know, um, I like ritual and I like ceremony. So even lighting a candle can bring people to tears. Mm-hmm. Uh, the photos like you saw today, Steve, yeah. you know, that you see a life go past in a matter of a few minutes, don't you? You do. You, you often see photos of when they were a little baby or a child mm-hmm. and suddenly there they are in the hospital bed mm-hmm. as the last photo and you go, gosh, it's over in a flash, isn't mm-hmm. it? So. Yeah, have I answered the question? I can't yeah, remember. No, Was yeah, I yeah, rambling yeah. on there? No, 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 no. <laughs> I think straight. what's interesting is, uh, you know, it's been it's rare for me to have been to a funeral, and I've been to a few in my time, where I've really seen that person reflected in the service. Mm. You know, a lot of them have been religious because that's been my background. You know, my family's background yeah. as as Catholic, so it's quite 
religious and 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 sort of very um, tempered in terms of it, in yeah. terms of the service. And there's been those who have been sort of non-religious. But the idea of bringing things that, that represented the person, like if they're artwork, I mean, I find that really fascinating yeah. and actually a beautiful idea yes. because you get to feel them a little bit more, don't Absolutely. you? Absolutely. I remember one lady, she was an incredible embroiderer. And we had heaps of her work in the room, draping the coffin in frames. And it was so beautiful. And then along with the flowers and the music that was chosen. And, and, and at the end, I always think we've heard that last song. And then if everyone's quiet, I go, yes. You know, that's good, you know. Um, you don't want... It's all right for tears to flow, but if everyone just jumps out of their seat and goes, yak, 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 mm-hmm. well, then you go, mm, they haven't well, got it. <laughs> speaking of songs and how it mm. moves people, yeah. um, one of the things we asked you to do, which we do with all of our guests, Leonie, is is to ask them to nominate some uh, music mm. um, as a bit of a window in into themselves. Now, you've nominated... Um, chosen the song In My Life by the Beatles. Yes. And can you tell us a little bit about the song and why you've chosen this particular song as one that you would like played at your own funeral? Mm. Well, first of all, the Beatles are my all-time favourite mm-hmm. group and uh, I, at one point I, I knew every word of every song and would sing <laughs> along. So, um, But the words of this song, there are places I remember all my life, though things have changed, some forever, some not for better, some have gone, some remain. Mm. They're poignant words. It's... It speaks to all of us, but it speaks to my heart. And I can, I can see that just yeah. you talking through yeah. now about it. Why don't we play it now, and then we'll come back. And um, you mentioned before uh, rituals, and I think, mm. and uh, different things you typically do in a service, and you're going to share with us a poem mm-hmm. after the song. So let's okay. play In My Life by the Beatles. Hi, this is Matt Joe Gow, and you're listening to Radio Karam, which is local community internet radio. And uh, we were having a chat about community radio earlier and how important it is to Melbourne, how important it is to the scene here, the music scene, but also the wider community. So check out Radio Karam. Tune in. Hello, and welcome back. You're listening to Men with Spirit on Radio Karam with me, Steve Angel, and my co-host, Peter Anthony. And our special guest today is spiritual funeral celebrant Leonie Adams. Now, Leonie, before we move into the next part of our show, um, you want to share a poem with us. Yes. Would you like to do that now? Yeah, sure. Um, I believe every good funeral covers all the arts, uh, (laughs) music, poetry, beautiful words. So this poem I might begin a ceremony with, depending on the character of the person who's died and who the audience might be. It's called What Will Matter. Ready or not, someday it will all come to an end. There will be no more sunrises, no minutes, hours or days. All the things you collected, whether treasured or forgotten, will pass to someone else. Wealth, fame and temporal power will shrivel to irrelevance. It will not matter what you owned or owed. Your grudges, resentments, frustrations and jealousies will finally disappear. So too your hopes, ambitions, plans and the to-do lists will expire. 
The wins and losses that once seemed so important will fade away. It won't matter where you came from or what side of the tracks you lived on. It won't matter whether you were beautiful or brilliant. Even your gender and skin colour will be irrelevant. So what will matter? How will the value of your days be measured? What will matter is not what you bought, but what you built. Not what you got, but what you gave. What will matter is not your success, but your significance. What will matter is not what you learned, but what you taught. What will matter is every act of integrity, compassion, courage or sacrifice that enriched, empowered or encouraged others to emulate your example. What will matter is not your competence, but your character. What will matter is not your memories, but the memories that live on in those who loved you. Living a life that matters doesn't happen by accident. It's not a matter of circumstance, but it is always, always one of choice. Beautiful. Thank you very much. Yeah. And, and I feel that that poem just really encapsulates how I feel today after yeah. being at Margaret's funeral. Funeral, yes. What does this mean to you, this poem? Uh, well, it's a segue into what I can say at the funeral uh, to try and help people. What choices, I would then go on after that, to look at the choices that the deceased person made in their life and the ramifications of those choices and if and how that person's life mattered mm -hmm. to you. So it opens up the space. And I think that uh, really does say it so eloquently about, um, yeah, what you give, giving the best of yourself as you're on this little planet of ours, yeah? Um, how honest should a service be in terms of honouring that person? Mm. But do you create, um, and you, I suppose your, your comment before about the truth comes out of the wake, mm. is the intent to bring out the, the truth and the, the real person or do you gloss over it? Um, look, it's hard because it's not always, I'm not always allowed to do mm. it. People might share things with me in the privacy of their home and then they'll add on but you won't say that on the day will you Leone? so um it's it is very difficult to tell i think it's difficult to tell the truth in life generally isn't it you know how many lies do we hear every day um yes it's it is confronting for people to hear the truth but i have been able to uh tell the truth of a person on on occasions and um that's been a good a good thing, I think, for the families. Yeah, absolutely. But it's ultimately up to the family. It's ultimately up to the family. That's you know, mine is to help them get through the day uh, on that day in uh, a respectful, dignified, and loving way on the day. Yeah, Leonie, we can't go past the fact that you're a <coughs> spiritual celebrant, mm. and I really want to talk to you about spirituality and death. Mm -hmm. How do you discuss that with your with your clients um, about and even those who are not even just those who are um, engaging for their services for a, a loved one, but say somebody who maybe you're meeting who knows that you know the end is near. Mm -hmm. How do you talk to them about death? Mm. 
Okay. And what do you uh, tell them about yeah, that? Yeah, <laughs> what do I tell them? Uh, well, when I'm interviewing a family, say, I always ask what the spiritual beliefs or the religious beliefs were of the person who died. Then I ask the family what their beliefs are and where do they feel their loved one is now? Have they felt them? Was there any signs that they were given or, you know, what? And that, that helps them open up the conversation about that we're more than this earthly flesh. Um, but I, I'll often talk to people about there's three important things to know in life, but especially to know when you're dying. And the first thing is that we all need to feel we've been loved. Mm-hmm. And the second thing is that we all need to know we've made a difference to someone, somewhere, at some time in the world, that we haven't lived our lives in vain. And the third thing we all hope for is that we won't be left alone to die with no one to care about us. I had a very um, strong lesson in my early years as a nurse. Uh, A lady came into the ward and she was gasping for breath and she was turning blue. Her husband was very concerned, holding a hand beside her and I was sent as a little nurse to go and do the admission forms which was pages of questions about her previous hospitalizations da 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 and she was doing her best to answer and I'm ticking the boxes and da da I said oh thank you we'll call her Mrs Jones um I then had to go on my tea break I came back the lady had died Mm. so I thought what a waste of the last hour that I was with her Mm. we didn't know it was her time to die and how could have I spent that time Mm. with her in a more meaningful way as a nurse I should have sat down next to her and said you're safe I'm going to look after you really well and you know I know you're in pain but you know let me see if I can get something for you or something comforting Um, and and I also believe that uh, when someone is dying, they don't need people falling over the bed, sobbing and saying, I love you, I love you, um, don't go, please don't go. What they need to hear is that you're going to be all right. You won't be alone when you die. Death itself doesn't hurt. But you're not going to be alone. You'll be safe. There'll be somebody there to greet you, you know, and we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. We'll be okay. So they're the things. Yeah. Did you say that? No, no, I totally agree with you. <laughs> Having you did my mother's um, funeral. Yes, um, I did, Leonie, and mm. well, Six years ago, just uh, really. Wow, it's amazing how time wow. flies. Yeah. And I mean, say so I was in- incredibly um, touched by what you did. It was just. Um, Awesome to see you in practice. And, oh, um, thank you. And, and, and should I um, pass before <laughs> you? Uh, you pass, and you're still doing this line of business. I certainly want you to do my oh, my thank funeral. You. Well, I intend to work till you know what do they say? You know, slide in sideways and say what a ride. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll keep working till I drop. Really, I, you know, as yeah. long as people want me to do the work. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys a question. What would you that's, like that's your... That's not, not, not part not of the program. That's not how we work <laughs> here, Leonie. We ask questions. So. No, well, what, what, would your, what would you like your epitaph to read? Have you ever thought of that? 
I mm. think you, the three points you made earlier are important. I think that you've made a difference and you've touched people. Mm. Um, and I'd like to think, uh, I'd hope that I'd achieved what I was meant to achieve in this life. Mm. And I'd helped the people I was meant to help. Yeah, so what would it be? Yes, mm. yes it's moving, isn't it? It is. It, to just, think. Yeah. If you think, imagine a little gravestone, what do they say? Peter Anthony, what? Mm. You know? Mm. Helped us. Yeah, helped us. What do, what do you, Steve? I don't know. I hope it's something like he loved deeply. Mm. Something like that, I I hope. Uh, or, you know, he gave it his all. He gave, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, I had to answer that in a workshop once and, and I came up with, like, yeah, she made a difference to our lives and mm. I stick by that still mm. years later. I always laugh when I told Spike Milligan on his gravestone. I told you I was sick. (laughs) 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 And and there's another one I saw once that says, I was hoping for a pyramid. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was good. Yeah. Can can I ask you a question Mm. about just death and why, you know, it's become such a taboo. It's always been a taboo subject. Yeah. Don't talk about it. Even when someone is in the dying process, we don't want to talk about death. Mm. We want to try to avoid the topic. Is there anything that you can talk to about that? You know, what's what's your advice? How do you think things need to change here? Yeah, I think, first of all, I think we are getting better at talking about death. You've got me on a radio station today. So, uh, and there's lots of, um, lots of uh, loss and grief counsellors out there now and lots of support services at a, at a lot of the funeral and uh, the cemeteries and the funeral homes. Um, yes, death is such a dirty word. I suppose I'm so used to it. I've got a background as a nurse and I, I saw it so often. So it's not scary for me. I think the way we die is what people are more scared of than actual that moment of death is actually a release and a letting go. You know, people... When I, what do you mean yeah. by the way they die? Well, you know, in an accident, are they, is uh. it go, are they going to be in a lot of pain, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think people... I think that's what worries people, you mm. know. Uh, is it? People like to think they will die at home and it'll all be lovely and people will be around and they'll, there'll be no awful smells or bloody sheets or anything. <laughs> it'll be a perfect quiet and they'll just nod off. It's not like that. <laughs> you know, death is messy. The, the dying process is messy. The death itself is that last moment. People will always say to me, oh, they died peacefully. Mm. Uh, and you think, Really, you know, but mm-hmm. even if the lead up, but one, what about saying died joyfully, died enigmatically, died with a smile on their face, died hopefully, you know, we always say just died peacefully. So um, I suppose I'm so used to talking about death and dying, it's just part of my usual conversation. So uh, I. I know when I tried to talk to my mother about it, she died when she was nearly 98. Last year I conducted her funeral. But uh, trying to get her to put some thoughts down about what she wanted, even did she want to be buried or cremated, that was so hard for her because she said if she talks about death, it'll happen. Yes, like a jinx. It's Mm. like Mm. a jinx, yes. So... um, 
What is it about death? I suppose it was always um, people in black suits and, you know, there was a somberness, wasn't there? Mm. Yeah. I don't see it. I see it as if we have spiritual beliefs and believe that there is another world and this journey on earth is only a small part of the biggest journey, then you can't be sad. You can be sad because you won't see that person or hold them anymore. But you've got to say for yourself, well, there's a whole other life. There's whole other things going on up there, you know, incredible world. So perhaps uh, I don't I don't know if I've answered your question, Steve, but uh, I think we just got to talk about it more, yeah, and just say, well, I've made a will and I've put down some thoughts about how I'd like my funeral to be, and this is how I'd like to be remembered, and just say, well, have you done that? You know, talk to especially with men who don't mm. chat about these things. But like I've been privileged to be at funerals and hold men who are sobbing, young men, old men. In between, you know. Um, so they've got it there, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Andrew, who we had on a couple of weeks ago, he had his um, funeral song. Like, he knew what he wanted. wanted you know, yes. and and I think that's, that's a good start, isn't it? It's, yes. I know this is going to happen to me, and, and this yeah. is how I want to be remembered. This is how I want people to feel yeah. and, and have that input. Yeah. Because we don't know. Do we? we don't all live to a ripe old age. We don't know our allotted time. No, we do don't. We? we don't. So I always say, have that that motto, be prepared. What was it? Mm. The Boy Scouts mm. or something, mm. you know, mm. be prepared. Mm. Um, it's you'd, People rather talk about life, fair enough, you know. But I always think you have to be practical as, as well and just say, right, have my affairs in order. Don't leave a mess behind for people. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and that, that, that that's true. Yeah. The um, what happens when you have somebody? Again, I'm assuming someone who is engaging a spiritual celebrant has yeah. some sort of spiritual belief. But what if they don't believe in anything after death? That yeah. they just, I don't know, what just if <laughs> evaporate. In, yeah. <laughs> I Look, I, I tell you what, Steve. Between you and me, uh, I don't think people notice the word spiritual celebrant really. Mm-hmm. I've I suppose I've been doing the work long enough, they just know my name or I've been there before and they just like what I've done. Um, so when people find me on the internet, that's when they're looking for the word spiritual. Mm. So, But often just working for families that I've worked with before or for the funeral directors, they know Leonie gets a job done or mm. she does a nice job or we like what Leonie did, yeah. So they don't often have spiritual beliefs. But one of the funny things I find, people I ask people, as I said before, what their spiritual or religious beliefs were. Nah, nah, mum was an atheist. Nah, don't believe in any of that. Um, when you die, you die. I said, okay, so what about you? What, what uh, do you feel? What gives you comfort? Oh, mum's up there in heaven with, you know, Uncle Fred having a beer, you know, so they see them. In another mm-hmm. place, they mention the word heaven, you know, uh, so they are thinking beyond that. So I always just have a little smile to myself and, mm. and uh, know that at the end of the ceremony, I can say then um, some words to the effect that, well, while some people believe with their last breath, you know, Mary was no more, while others believe that 
you know, she travels on beyond the journey of this life and our time to know will come soon enough. Mm-hmm. You know, as we say these words. Yeah. Yeah, no, from nice, your heart. Nicely put. Yeah. So inclusiveness. Mm. I think we have to be inclusive. Remember our connectedness. It doesn't matter in the end what you believe. We're all heading in the same direction, aren't we? And we'll find out at we the will. end. <laughs> yes. See you on the other side. We will. <laughs> and just, I'd like to just make a point. There's a couple of love, little beautiful sayings um, just about the way we can die. And Dylan Thomas wrote, you know, uh, do not go gentle into that good night. Uh, old age should burn and rave at the close of the day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. You know, I'm not going to die. No way, you know. And then there's Rupi Kaur who writes, let it go. Let it leave. Let it happen. Nothing in this world was promised or belonged to you anyway. All you own is yourself. Mm. So I think, yeah, there's two ways we can we can look at the dying process. We can rage against and say, you know, death, I hate it, I hate it. Or we can say it's inevitable, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. And let's leave on the, in the best way we can, yeah. Mm. Of course, that, you know, death happens how it happens. I believe it's a karmatic way we go. So, of course, not all deaths happen in a bed, do they? they no. No, I think that's the ideal, as you mentioned, that everyone, and I even think that, you know, it was mentioned today even with Margaret. (laughs) The idea would be, that's the way I want to leave. Yes, (laughs) we all say that. I do have some interesting statistics. Have we got time for me to share that? Of course, yeah. Um, About, where have I put them? Sorry, I've got to rattle some papers, people. Uh, Just about how, yes, okay. So... As I said, when you ask most people, they always want to die at home, in their own bed, in their own room, surrounded by all the things that gave them meaning. But I've got some, just a few statistics from 2019, 2020. Uh, COVID skewed the, the uh, stats in the last couple of years, but only 15% of Australians died at home hmm? in 2019. 50% die in hospital, 30% die in residential or aged care, 5% other or unspecified. So, yes, we often don't get a say in yes. where we mm, die mm. and um, certainly not when we die. Um, in, interestingly, in 2020, less people died than in 2019. 161,300 Australians died in 2020, which was a decrease from 2019 when 169,301 people died. Why is that? We don't oh, know. Well, everyone was in lockdown, so they weren't <laughs> mixing them. They certainly weren't dying from COVID. But all, all those people that died, 8,000 more men died than women. That's interesting. Yeah, that year. And. And that's obviously against the trend. Uh, so yes. So they were expecting. Yeah. Mm. So um, so men out there, watch your health. Look after yourself. That's a lot of women left behind, isn't it? It certainly is. Yeah. Um, cancer caused the most deaths in two thousand and nineteen, and if and most people are coming into hospital to die. 
It's not always possible to die at home, as I just read out. And if you go to hospital to die, you're there approximately nine days. So, mm. yeah, there's nine some, days. Nine mm-hmm. days, yeah. That's the that's the average, yeah. And and interestingly, now it wasn't the case when I was a nurse many years ago, but oh, quite a lot of hospitals now have a designated palliative care unit in them. So that's a big change in Australian hospitals. And just about um, uh, cremation or burial, burial, 70% of Australians choose cremation over burial. Gee, that's a lot wow, more than I thought. Yeah. That's more yeah. Yeah, than I thought it would be. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Could, um, could I... Perhaps just move on to another subject related. No, no you can't, Peter. No. Sorry. <laughs> You've got so much wisdom to share, Leanne. But oh, one of the I things do. you Thank could uh, tell us a little bit about is the, the songs that people choose at funerals and, and, and why and what ones are particularly pop, uh, popular. And, and I did suggest to you before the show that if you were happy, I could put um, include these uh, songs you're mentioning on our spotify playlist for today's episode so if people yeah. were interested to uh, listen to some of those we can put them up there for them yeah before you answer that leone yes do you have a song peter have you chosen your song yeah. um no but if i had to think of one that um <clears throat> would be oh mio bambino caro oh my beloved father mm. okay Beautiful. do you have one? Oh, do i have one yeah yes the ones, the, that one, the Beatles one, mm. yes, yes. Mm. yes. Uh, also, I love Shirley Bassey's song um, "Thank You for the Years." Okay, because I could imagine if someone stood up and and sang those words to me, "Thank you for the good times, thank you for the love we've shared th- as we as we go on," you know, all the memories, and I go. Oh, that's so fantastic. I'd love someone to say to me, thank you for the time mm-hmm. you were with us, yeah, and belt it out like Shirley Bassey did. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. Okay, what yeah. are some of the other ones? Uh, okay, so there there has been... Uh, music is very important at a funeral, mm. first thing. And there is a, a big percentage of people, when they're cho- choosing their songs, they, they want mourners to laugh. So um, <laughs> you don't, wouldn't know how many times I've heard always look on the bright side of life yeah. from Life of Brian. Uh, I conducted a funeral once where um, Highway to Hell was, was <laughs> played at full bore as all the guy's mates carried this guy out and put him on the back of the ute, you know. So there is a lot of, I think it was meant as humour, let's hope so. Um, so many people choose my way, Frank Sinatra's mm-hmm. I did it my way. And the funny thing about that is when I interview families, uh, one of the things, of course, I ask them to describe their loved one. And 90% of the time, the first word that comes out of people's mouths is, oh, God, he was stubborn. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that tells me a lot about everybody. We're all stubborn then, aren't we? So they choose my way. Um Time to say goodbye, Andre Bocelli, Supermarket Flowers, Ed Sheeran. That always brings a tear. That's a good one for when a mum's passed. Always Tears in Heaven, Eric Clapton. Over the Rainbow, Israel Kamakakawali. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, that, that's very popular. The good old faves for the older ones is We'll Meet Again and mm. Wish Me Luck As You Wave Me Goodbye by Vera Lynn. Love Me Tender by Elvis. Mm. That's yeah, a big yeah, one. Yeah. 
Um, one particular favourite of mine is, and is very moving, if we are escorting a coffin from the chapel to the hearse or to the graveside, that beautiful uh, song from Lord of the Rings, Going Home. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever played it. It's absolutely beautiful. Okay. And it's just spine tingling. So yeah. Well, look, I'll, if you can give me that list, I'll, I'll make sure we add them to the uh, yeah. playlist. But um, what are some of the most memorial, uh, memorable uh, funerals you've uh, you've done over the years? Sort of saddest, funniest, yes. uh, most noteworthy. <laughs> I think uh, the most memorable will always have live music. I did a funeral for a man who was a musician. The rest of the band were there. That was absolutely wonderful, joyous and uplifting, and uh, yeah, that was that was great. The saddest funerals are always the little babies. Mm. Uh, so much hope and dreams uh, for that child that go unfulfilled. Uh, suicide. That's that's so hard. The cutting off of love, mm-hmm. uh, and we all know suicide's not an option. It's a big mistake. And so much pain and anger is left behind. So they're incredibly tricky funerals because it's very hard to say we're celebrating a life when you know someone's cut their life short. Mm. Um, One of the funniest was one I conducted quite a long time ago um, in Hobart. I only met a couple of members of the family. One was the ex-wife of the gentleman who died and the stepson. And they omitted to tell me that this man had been in jail. And um, I arrived on the day all dressed in my blue lacy suit, you know, and a hundred bikers arrived with covered in tattoos, beer cans in their hand and the sisters of the deceased started a fight in the chapel um, <laughs> before we'd even begun. And then the, the guys who were had been in jail with this guy or friends of, you know, they started calling out as I was um, conducting the ceremony, interrupting me. And, and so I just thought, I saw I still had about four or five pages to go and I thought, I've got to finish this now. So I said, everybody, please stand. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we got to the graveside and everyone's smoking. And, the, and I, said, I said, is everybody ready? You know, my school mom voice came out. And they, yeah, love, go ahead. They said, so, uh, it was just like a faulty towers kind of uh, <laughs> funeral. Um, I said to the funeral director after, don't ever do that to me again. I should have been in black leather. You know, they yeah. just thought I was just, you know, cactus mm. up there. I was the wrong person to conduct that funeral. And probably the most noteworthy funeral I've conducted, I conducted Bob Hawke's uh, private family funeral. Um, I knew Bob and uh, his wife Blanche and Bob had asked me to help Blanche do the organisation and to help on the day. So that was... um, I guess a feather in my cap, I suppose. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. And that, that all went very well, I, I gather, from yeah. the feedback I got. Yes, yeah. that was, uh, yes, that was good because there were some hard men in that audience, people that had known Bob over the years, you know, guys who liked to bet on the races like mm. him or old sportsmen or old pollies that had been through the ropes with him and, you know, his children were there and, um, yeah, so we had to... I had to kind of bring all those sort of people together 
and uh, what what more could be said about Bob that hadn't been said in newspapers right. all and on TV? You know, I had to find a way into their hearts to help them feel on the day rather than just rhetoric or churn out the same old things that had been said about him. Yeah. So it was a good challenge. Mm. It was a good challenge. But, mm. yeah. So, Leonie, as we kind of like mm. sort of coming near the end of this show, just, you know, what would you like to tell people about dying, mm. about, you know, funerals, about planning your funerals? Yeah. Or like, what would you like to leave them with? Yeah. Well, I believe that dying is karmatic. I've already said that. We have an appointed time. So be ready for it. And to not see death as an enemy. It's just part of life. We see death all around us all the time. Death of a marriage, you know, death of our dog, you know, death of our favourite flowers in the garden, whatever. You know, it's just part of who we are. And live life fully and as purposefully and as gratefully as we can. We know this, but we forget, don't we? We're just caught up in what we're going to get at the supermarket, you know. But try to, um, and that's part of part of life, isn't it, of course. But in those moments to, uh, of reflection, take time for reflection, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I believe in leaving some instructions for those left behind regarding your funeral. It can be basic, but it helps you take responsibility for yourself. And it helps you to reflect on your life. What will be said, you know. You hope that the room will be full of people, don't you, you know, mm-hmm. not just people sitting there waiting for the cups of tea at the end, you know. You want people to think, geez, their life touched me, don't you. And I feel leaving some um, notes left behind uh, is an expression of your love for those people. I'm taking care of business and... Uh, you know, because when people are grieving, to make a decision is a really hard thing to do. If they've had a shock because you've died suddenly, mm, trying to think true. of a funeral or what to do and what would they want, and some people absolutely go into shock and cannot move and cannot make a decision for the life of them. So if there's something left behind that they can refer to, that's helpful. And um, to perhaps finish, there is a tombstone in Ashby, Massachusetts that reads, Remember, friend, as you pass by, as you are now, so once was I, as I am now, you too will be. Prepare yourself to follow me. So I think, yeah, be be prepared. Yeah, I think that sums it up beautifully. Thank you very much, Leonie. Yeah. Now, we're going to come back and say goodbye to you officially, but mm-hmm. thank you again for that. And I think you've handled the topic incredibly well, mm-hmm. and, and I hope people get a lot out of today's um, episode. Now, for everyone listening, just a reminder that all our information and links about our shows are available on the Radio Karam website, which is radiokaram.org, or via our Facebook page. If you want to attend any of our Men with Spirit gatherings, the details details and how to register are also on our Men with Spirit Facebook page, which is at Men with Spirit, or you can email us at connect at menwithspirit.com.au. Before we wrap up, Peter, do you have anything you want to add? No, I think it's been a fantastic session. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Leah. Oh. And I think a lot of, a good combination of um, uh, 
um, practical information and broader sort of spiritual information. Yeah. So I've, uh, I found it really valuable. Yeah. So thank you. Oh, that's very, uh, well, I, I have conducted some workshops on um, Let's Talk Funerals and I plan to do that again towards the end of the year and into next year. And, so you've got uh, one planned for Frankston and one for Gippsland, for I Gippsland, gather? For Gippsland, yes, well, I hope to. I'm new, a newbie in Taralgon. When you're in a country town, you, you're a newbie for about 10 years, aren't you? So I'm hoping <laughs> I won't be a newbie for, for and, that long. And if long. people wanted to contact you about any of that, they could... Um, um, they could get, go to my website. To website www.spiritualfunerals.com.au. Yeah. That's it. Yes, right. they can contact me on uh, with email through the website. Yes. Excellent. Now, you have one more song you're going to share with us today uh, before we finish up. Um, you've chosen Unchained Melody, but you've chosen the Elvis Presley performance. Yes. Well, I saw <coughs> that, uh, that performance on YouTube uh, quite a number of months ago. And when I watched Elvis sing it, I felt it was a cri de coeur, a cry of the heart. Mm -hmm. And he was just giving his all. And then, of course, I read he was dead two weeks later. That was his final concert. Mm. And so I, I felt he was actually, he was talking about love. I thought he was actually calling to his God, I can't wait, you know, mm -hmm. to be held again. And... Uh, yeah. Oh, my love, my darling. I, you know, mm. I hunger, you know, for your touch. And I mm. felt he was crying out because we know he was. He did have faith in his God. Uh, we know he was cr crying out. Now I could see it in his face. You could. It was like he was giving his all, the very best of him in that moment. And that's why I've chosen it today. It touched me deeply. And I felt Beatles and Elvis, two iconic music <laughs> yeah. figures yeah. in my life. Yeah. They're from my Ditto. era. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so. Yeah. There we go. Great. Well, again, thank you so much for joining us today, Leonie Adams. Um, we've, it's been a privilege having you. Everyone else, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll be back on air next Thursday at 4 p.m. Until next time, be true to yourself. And this is Unchained Melody. Hi everybody, this is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisces about doing the Eel Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes. <laughs>